welcome to another exciting episode of the 3-in-1 podcast. Joining you from Columbus, Ohio, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. And joining us from the land, Cleveland, Ohio, give it up for international Ian Lamont Morgan. 216, baby! <laughs> and joining us from the nasty natty, give it up for Keith Turner Jr. Uh, what's up, y'all? What's going on? I gotta say, Keith, your intros be so somber. It always usually starts off with some, like, sad-sounding noise, and then, like, a contemplation, and then your, and then your salutation. Honestly, I can't even lie today. I, I tried to find something good to say about Cincinnati sports today, but, again, just can't, can't find one. Can't find anything. Can't find it. It has to be a daunting so- feeling. You know, time and time again, I got, I, I understand, Keith. Yes, you being a Cleveland fan, you would understand. I, I do understand. Oh, wow. I mean, once upon a time, okay. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, Keith, he sound like, you know, man, I, I'm blessing these fools by showing up again, you know. Like, ah, right, let, let's get it going. You know, he's about to drop some knowledge. So thank <sighs> you guys for joining us. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this week and once again I want to start off by thanking all of the people who've been listening who've been downloading who've been engaging with us on social media Um, to date we also got the stats today this has been our best week Um, and that is because of you guys so thank you guys for downloading listening supporting and uh, feel free to follow us on all of our social media at 3-1 Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey. Um, and sh- share it with your friends. Tell your friends about it. And talk to us. We love to hear from you guys. So, we have a jam-packed show today. Jam. <clears throat> we're going ta- to be talking about the NBA playoffs. And then we're going to end today-, today talking about the NFL Draft, which is coming on Thursday. So, let's get started with the playoffs. Um... It's Tuesday night, so we did have a, a three games up. Um, one of them is done. One of them is about to be, and a third one will be starting soon. But so far, the Celtics took control of their series against the Milwaukee Bucks, um, winning and taking a 3-2 lead. Um, they'll be heading back to Milwaukee for a pivotal game six. Yep. What do you guys see as kind of the big themes in this series? I think a lot of people picked Milwaukee to 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 pull an upset, but they didn't play well in Boston the first two games and then kind of rallied at home, um, really saw the role players step up, and Giannis have some big games. But what do you guys kind of see as the key, especially going into a key game six in Milwaukee? Well, I think uh, one of the first things is that Marcus Smart is back for the Celtics. Uh, he played yeah. tonight, and a lot of people were thinking that he wouldn't come back to potentially a game six or seven. Um, so with the team that's that's without Kyrie, uh, Marcus Smart is is pretty huge. You know, the question coming into the playoffs was how how good were all those role players, you know, the Terry Rogiers and, uh, uh, of course, we know Al Horford. You know, I love his game. Um, but, you know, how good were all of those other role players be um so and they've answered the bell for the most part you know I think they play Mm -hmm. well uh I think in Milwaukee they they stunk um but you know it is what it is but you know at the end of the day they just have to play well at home to get the series because they have the home court advantage so um they have they have I've been pretty impressed um with the way that all the role players have stepped up for them um but I also credit you know uh Brad Stevens who I think is one of the 
one of the better coaches in the NBA, even though he's younger. Um, I think the way he ad makes adjustments and um, gets his team ready to play regardless of who's on the court is uh, tr should be attributed to, you know, his coaching. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I honestly was going to pick Milwaukee when, when they announced that Kyrie wasn't going to play, uh, but I have not been impressed with Milwaukee uh, um, on the road at all. Um, so that's just me. I mean, keys to victory or, or key, you know, keys to the game. Um, I say it's uh, all about the Celtics getting a healthy breakfast, you know, just making sure that they don't, <laughs> they don't intake too much dairy, make sure they get a good, uh, good healthy serving of vitamin C's and D's, uh, get some, get some riboflavin, you know, Wow. if you remember, you know, that from the, uh, from the nutrition facts, I don't know what that is, but, uh. I'm saying all that to say it, it doesn't really matter. Um, I think this Milwaukee team, it was cute, it was cool, um, but I, I'm, I mean, I got to give due to the Celtics. I, I think they're gonna go ahead and uh, and wrap things up. Um, just looking at how well they've been playing and what Brad Stevens has been able to do with a uh, with a no. I mean, really, no stars in that lineup. If you mm -hmm. want to call Al Horford a star, you you know, you're taking a major liberty. But go ahead. Respect, well, I mean, respect the max contract. Res respect the max contract, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, get paid, but uh, you know, <laughs> his honorary All Star aside, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Brad Stevens has really been able to to, to mix and match, and uh, they embody the next man up mentality. Uh, what he's been able to do with a rookie in the lineup and a backup point guard and uh, no Marcus Smart up until this point. This team looked like they were poised to put Milwaukee out without uh, without Smart coming back. And so mm -hmm. adding such a big piece um, back to the puzzle, I, I don't think there's a lot of mystery left in the series. So I got uh, Boston taking care of business. I think it well, will go seven, though. Yeah, I think there's a good chance they go seven. Yeah, um, Milwaukee's been playing really good at home. Mm -hmm. um, just watching this team play, you kind of see where their the holes are. They don't have a really good secondary playmaker next to Giannis. Um, Eric Bledsoe is okay, but he's, he's not watched. a guy that you can rely on to to consist. Wow, to consistently get um, buckets off the off the dribble and assists. I mean, he only had three assists. Did Keith put him um, on the watch list? He is washed. Yes. He did. He put him on the watch. I wouldn't have gone that far. Why? But I'm, I'm not, he's not too far off from that. <laughs> um, especially with his antics of, I don't know, Terry Rozier, who's that? I don't know. And it's like, it's the guy that's been lighting you up this whole series. So maybe you should, maybe you'd play better if you knew who he was. You can't do it. He uh, hit you with the, the cross step back. Oh, my like gosh. You on the other side of the court. I mean, Eric Bledsoe was on the bench after that move. Like you, 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 you can't forget who he is. <laughs> the only reason right. he would have forgotten who he was because he got a concussion because of how yeah. bad he got crossed. I can't even remember yeah. if he fell or not, but yeah. Um, I mean, and, and and I hear what you're saying about a game seven. I just I, I, for those reasons that you mentioned, Malcolm, I don't have confidence that they'll be able to extend the series. <laughs> I think at this yeah. at this junction, especially when you start talking elimination games. Um, it becomes imperative that somebody be able to step up that's unforeseen. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they have that guy. Eric Bledsoe yeah. has proven to be a disappointment from what they were expecting, what they may have been hoping. 
Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Middleton, he's been stepping up, but we kind of expect that mm-hmm. if the Celtics should decide to key in on either he or Giannis, it's forcing mm-hmm. and forcing somebody else to beat them. Um, it's not happening. I mean, unless you know, unless Delhi comes through and uh, you know. <laughs> but I, I just don't, I don't foresee them having somebody with the gunction to step up and get it done. I mean, I could be wrong. I'd, I'd like to be wrong. I'd love to see that series become a little more interesting, see Boston get tired up. But honestly, I just lied. It was politically correct. I really want to hurry up and end this series. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing um, Boston and Philly. And so whatever has to happen for that to hurry up and happen, I just want these series to end. So. Yeah, yeah, but shout out to Jalen Brown though, man. That ball, that dude has been balling. He yep. has been balling, picking up the slack where you know uh, Kyrie is is injured and all. Jalen Brown, you know, averaging about twenty one points a game uh, this series thus far. He has really, really stepped up. So, um, yeah, I, it's don't the thing about the Celtics team and, and it's going to be their problem, especially when they play against some better teams, um, is that they can go long stretches and not be able to get points. And I saw a lot in this game. Um, luckily, they were playing against a Milwaukee team that also had trouble uh, getting into their offense and, and kind of penetrating. But but they can go long stretches where they don't have anybody on the floor that can actually create offense. Right. <clears throat> and in the playoffs, um, that could be a serious problem because teams are really keyed into stopping. And they don't really have a key guy for anyone to focus on, so teams can really – game plan for them a little bit easier so um well we'll talk about the game that just went final the 76ers beat the miami heat 104 91 they will now advance to the next round um we talked about this series last week um and the the kind of the wild card we talked about was Embiid coming back and ever since he's been back it's pretty much been lights out so curtains how do you guys feel about um feel about the Sixers and do you want to talk about the Heat at all? What what do you, what are you guys feeling like? I mean, not much to say about the Heat. I feel like if you look at Joel Embiid's car and you look good enough in his glove compartment, you'll find the title to that vehicle and the title to Hassan Whiteside's soul. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, God. He, just, he owns that man in a very disturbing way. Oh, um, Lord. I mean, Whiteside was non-existent for this series, and I think that, you know, that that really just uh, told the story. But, I mean, it was cool to see D-Wade back on the court, but, I mean, he, I don't know, it, it wasn't the same. I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping Miami uh, blows it up, honestly. I guess they don't need to because they got a young, a young enough core. I just don't like watching them. <laughs> anyway, it was a cool series. Again, we're talking appetizers. We talking mozzarella sticks and uh, steak quesadilla towers. You know, it was it was nice to see Miami show up in the playoffs. And you know, I think they should feel good about making it in and uh, look to take a step forward. But they got to address that that question in the middle: Is Hassan Whiteside ever going to step up uh, to his potential or not? But uh, yeah, aside from that, on to the next one. Well, the, the Miami Heat have some interesting questions coming into next year. One of those is Hassan Whiteside. What do you do with him? Um, does he fit kind of in this modern NBA? Because he can't really shoot. He's a, a decent rim protector, but he isn't necessarily a good team defender, and he hasn't shown the ability to be consistent in the post. So what 
what does he bring to the table? Now, I do think the series, he, he's coming off, a, I believe, a knee, knee or ankle injury, so he hasn't been completely healthy. Um, but he was god-awful in this series. And now now they're going to be coming up with some um, contract issues with um, Tyler Johnson's deal is going to balloon up because he, he was the one they signed to that, or the, the net signed to, a, um, I guess, one of those poison pill um, restricted free agency contracts that the Heat matched, that his base salary jumps from I think like four million to like nineteen million next year. That's crazy. Um, so they'll be capped out for the near future. the The couple encouraging things about this team, though, Bam Adebayo has shown some really good signs for a rookie. I think he could be pretty good role player for the for for them down the road. And then Justice Winslow has actually kind of impressed me. Um, He's he's a really good defender. He shot the ball better than than I thought he would in this series. Um, and I th- and I think with him getting some more development, um, you know, he's kind of been dealing with injuries the early part of his career. But this year, he's been fairly healthy and able to play. And I think he could be an impact player for them. But this team really needs what this team really needed was Dwayne Wade of like five years ago. Right. Um, right. This team with Dwayne Wade of five years ago is a, is is a really good team. But um, yeah, I think that's talking about Miami, but Philly, they're interesting case moving forward. Um, you know, they're they clearly have the talent, but uh, we have to see how they kind of react when they play when they play a more complete and better team. Um, and if they go up against Boston in the next series, that would be an interesting test for them. Absolutely. Bring it on. Any thoughts, Keith? Uh man, not really. I, I mean, I I, I think. Uh... I watched Philly tonight, um, watched, you know, some of the second half. Um, I, I love Joel Embiid's game. Um, I think uh, Simmons definitely, you know, he almost is averaging a triple-double uh, this first round of the playoffs, even though I still don't believe he should be rookie of the year, and we can get to that soon. Um, but, um, but, yeah, it's going to be a real interesting uh, series with, with Boston to see, you know, how those role players really, really play. Um, and very interested to see how Al Horford will match up with Joel Embiid. Um, mm-hmm. Two good post players. That could be a fun matchup to watch um, with Horford having a lot more experience, but Embiid being, you know, far more athletic. So um, I'm definitely interested for sure um, and excited to get to that next round. So I'm going to pose a question to the to the panel here. Do you guys think this was Dwayne Wade's last game? No, I think he'll uh, come back another year. Yeah, I don't think. Not in this fashion. Even though, I mean, D-Wade, if anybody's going to retire low-key, ride into the sunset, mm-hmm. I mean, D-Wade's loving life right now. Yeah. He'd he be able to retire with Miami. Uh, we know we know Gabrielle's glad to be back, <laughs> back in Miami. And so, I mean... <laughs> He's he's a guy who does not have a lot left to prove, or else I think you mm-hmm. see him push to stay in Cleveland a little bit more. So I think there's a lot of merit to the question, um, but I just see him having a little bit left. I, I think he could still be a, a contributor to a to a team that's that's a legit. I don't know, legitimately trying to make a playoff run. I guess the question is: Is Miami going to build that next year? I well. For a player like Dwayne, he's obviously not in a position where he needs to chase a ring. He he's got his what three, 
Um, so he doesn't need a ring. I'm sure he would like to have another one if he could get one. But from all from what it looks like, it looks like he doesn't want to play anywhere else other than Miami right now in, the, in this stage of his career. Right. Um, but I don't know what kind of role he would have on Miami moving forward because one of the pieces that was missing this year was Deion Waiters, who missed uh, most of this year with, a, I believe it was a knee or shoulder injury or something. Um, and he was a big part of their rotation over the last couple of years. And if he comes back, that I think that might push D Wade out of the um, out of the rotation, or they risk playing him to to um, playing him and pushing somebody else, a younger player that needs that development. So um, it'll be interesting to see. He may retire just because he doesn't have he doesn't really want to go anywhere else. Um, if he wants to stay in Miami, it may, it may be a tough sell. The other, I forgot the other guy that I like about this team is it, uh, Jeremy Richardson. I like him, a two way player, can play um, either guard spot and can guard some threes. So he's another, I mean, they've got some nice pieces. They just need that one guy that can get them a bucket when they need it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to them moving forward. Um, another series that's on the brink. The uh, Utah Jazz have a th- commanding three-one lead against Oof. Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything, but I kind of predicted this the last our last podcast. The you Jazz were down. They down o one, and uh, that has turned around rather quickly. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this series? What's wrong with OKC? Is there anything they could do to get back into the series? Man, what's wrong with OKC? First of all, two words, Donovan Mitchell is what's wrong with OKC. Uh, I mean, that guy is, I mean, torching, torching. And I mean, and before this past game, Ricky Rubio was torching him too. I mean, Ricky Rubio was hitting threes. He was, I mean, he was having his way. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think um, I think what's what's really wrong is these guys, you know, have not figured out how to play together. You know, and I was watching, you know, uh, first take, you know, a couple uh, days ago and just listening to, you know, them talk about how, you know, know, they were comparing the big three in Boston, how they had to figure out how to play with each other. And it just seems like, you know, Westbrook, you know, um, George and Mello haven't. And Mello, by the way, in my opinion, just stinks to high heaven. Like he is terrible. Um, he's become like just this jump shooter that doesn't seem to attack the rim. Um, he feels like he's like, you know, a Ray Allen or something like that. Like he's just that pure of a shooter that he can just stay outside and take jump shots uh, for some reason. That's, I don't know if that's hoodie mellow. I don't know what mellow that is. Uh, but the good mellow I remember watching would attack the rim and, you know, go after it. And this mellow is just, and, and he's shooting awful at that. I could see if he was making these shots, but they're not even close. Uh, I think I seen like an air ball or two yesterday. So, um, so yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. But you know, I give I give a lot of credit to to Mitchell. That that dude um, has definitely balled. Um, so that's that's what I see thus far. Um, is those those guys just don't seem how you know? And I'm and I think you know part of that's also on the coaching too. I don't give. Billy Donovan, um, I'm not cutting him any slack. You know, he's got to figure something out, and they have yeah. not yet. So, tell you what, um, this series is just this. Other than uh, let me go 
back really quick to the Miami Philadelphia series. One thing I loved about that is the physicality of it. It really got physical, especially in game three and four. Um, you really saw people get chippy. That kind of throws back to the old series, to the old uh, 90s playoff series. And um, But this series has also got really chippy in the last game. Um, you could really tell that the Oklahoma City Thunder are just really frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, there's so many. There's so many little subplot things to look at with this series. You have, um, I would use the W word for Carmelo Anthony. And I hate to say it, but he's oh. washed. He's just washed. Um, he can't get by anybody. That's why you don't see him getting to the rim because he he doesn't have the explosion to get by people and then to finish. Um, it's just it's sad to watch him at this stage of his career where he just has no explosion anymore. He can't hit a shot, and then on defense, he's just a turnstile. Um, it's it's all bad for him. And then um, you got <laughs> playoff P, uh, Paul George. <laughs> uh, just, uh, like it, it's so frustrating because it this happens. It seems to happen every year. He has these commercials that come out. Last year in Indiana, it was the the ball game game winning commercial. Where he hits the game winner and and you know everybody rejoices. That was the hilarious. ironic thing. It was the ironic thing is that he's never hit a game winning shot before mm-hmm. ever in his career. Um, and then here he has the whatever I forgot the commercial it is with Terrence Ferguson where he's talking about the drink being smooth or something. And then he is just he's just just terrible. Um, um, and then the, the Utah Jazz fans, first of all, you know you've lost when Mitt Romney is trash talking you. Like it's <laughs> it's it's re- it's gotten really bad when Mitt Romney <laughs> is taunting you from the from the front of the stand. Like that's wild to me. Um but yeah, I just they should be better. It's I mean, even with a washed mellow, they should be better. Yes. Um but they're, you know, Patrick Patterson was supposed to be their big acquisition, but he hasn't really played all that well or that much this season. Been nope. dealing with injuries. Um, Raymond Felton, for whatever reason, has actually been pretty decent with them, even though he's trying to eat himself out of the league slowly but surely. Um, and then the loss of Andre Robertson just cratered this team's rotation to where now they're having to play Corey Brewer because that's all. That's the only body they have that knows how to play basketball so it's just a really sad thing to see and then they're going against a well-oiled machine um ricky rubio who minnesota has to be kicking themselves for trading him um because i'm not a jeff teague fan but I, they definitely could have used him this series i mean this uh this season for sure. um and then donovan donovan mitchell what else can you say about him i mean he's just i don't think anybody i don't think donovan mitchell thought he'd be this good this year <laughs> right um, and then you add p- players like Joe Ingles, who is just a feisty shooter. He just makes plays. And then Rudy Gobert, who's just a blanket um, on the inside. Uh, it's, 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 it'll be interesting this offseason to see what Oklahoma City does. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about this, but I want to get uh, Ian's thoughts on this series as well. Well, hold on. Do you guys think if, if Robertson is playing, is, is this series 3-1 still? Yes. No. no. Oh, debate, debate. No, no, no. Okay. I say no. I, Andre doesn't. Okay. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, yeah. 
Of which I'm, I'm I'm starting to question my opinions about OKC. I mean, <laughs> good God, y'all! You, you thought it was over after Game One. You were like, you what? surely you did. I, okay, I never thought they would sweep, but I definitely <laughs> thought they would be where Utah is right now. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially you know after Game One and the way that it came out. But I will admit, playoff P. <laughs> I'll admit what you saw in Game One from playoff P. Um, and by the way, how do you get a nickname after one after one playoff game with with Listen, the team? Listen, no. Did you see the post game interview after? I can't remember if it was game two or game three. So I guess after game one or before game one, he's the one. He's the one that gave himself the nickname Playoff Pete. No one gave him that. And so they asked him about it. They were like, "Hey, uh, you know, did uh, do you regret you know taking that name? You know, does it is that putting extra pressure on yourself?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't." I don't give myself these nicknames. And, and he, said, he said something like that. And Carmelo's at the podium like, you can't take it back now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he tried to play it off like it was like he didn't, like someone gave him that nickname. And Carmelo looked at him like, nah, bro, you can't, you can't change your mm. name now. <laughs> See, that's why you, you, you can't perpetrate when you, when the homies is around. Look, um, Man, goodness gracious. Yeah, it, it should not be like this. Um, real quick, you know, to answer your question, Keith, I don't think Robertson adds enough to mm, to to compensate for what he takes away, even just offensively. Even mm-hmm. just the offensive, oh gosh, um, the basic, basic offensive wherewithal that Corey Brewer has. That Andre Robertson does not, I think, you know, oh he, can't, he can't even compensate for that. Excellent defender, I understand. That changes things. Would Are we actually touting the, we're touting the offensive skills of Corey Brewer right now? I'm saying <laughs> even the basic, basic, even the basic Raymond Noodle offensive performance of Corey, Corey Brewer. Can, the 28% you know, shooting from three Corey Brewer this year? 28%? I'm saying if Corey Brewer, if he, <laughs> I I feel like you're not you're not understanding as I as I stress basic, <laughs> but, but but yes, touche. I, I okay. See, is um even in game one, you know, after I was high on them, the thing that you see, and I I, I know this being a Cavs fan, you know, especially these last couple years. You can see when a team wins off of individual great performances, but not great team play. Mm-hmm. Um, when talent mm-hmm. bails you out, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, I think that's what we saw. And then after you know, after other distractions came in, I mean, to answer your question originally, what's wrong with OKC is is it's got to come back to Russ. Mm-hmm. It has to come back to Russ. He is the engine. He does make them go. When he's locked in, that's a different squad out there. Um, while he is not the point guard that will garner the reputation of getting guys going, um, he is a guy that demands so much attention when he is focused yeah. um, that it naturally opens up the game and makes things easier for other guys. When he has that pick and roll going with Steven Adams, um, it's a threat. Guys are scared that of that. That is such a threat. Uh, and so, you know, they, they even somewhat overcompensate or shade off of a playoff P, knowing that, uh, you know, even if he's hot, just, um, and we know in basketball, just a couple steps makes a difference. 
Um, and so Russ hasn't been that guy that will cause defenses to shade two steps. Russ hasn't mm-hmm. been that guy that uh that will open up shots for for Melo. Who yeah we know he's a you know he's he's a a, a, a shade of him his old self. But I mean I don't know even this Melo I think could have grabbed twenty a game if he was ready and if he was yeah I don't know. They they should let him wear a hoodie <laughs> on the court. I I have no answer for Melo. I, I yeah. I'm I'm lost. Yeah, this, this OKC team they they're just not they don't play as a team. Talent is not winning out. It's not overcompensating. Um, they're making Donovan Mitchell look better than he should look, but mm. Donovan Mitchell is balling. So I I take yeah. nothing away from him. Um, but when you got guys like Angles going off, you got guys like Rubio going off. I think that points to. You know, a team that's not locked in. The team that we have seen better defensive capability, um, especially, you know, you're not talking about a three or, or, or a forward. You're not talking about somebody torching mellow. You're talking about the backcourt. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can understand it. I, I think they miss Andre from that standpoint, but I still think the team is good enough. I mean, it's not just Donovan shooting Jays. Like, Donovan's taking cats to the hole. Yeah, with sure. Steven Adams on the court. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, that that's a breakdown defensively. So we're talking communication. We're talking about guys not talking to each other. Uh, we're talking about bad team play. And so this has not been this has not been the OKC Thunder showing up. This has been, you know, guys in OKC uniforms going out and playing together. Yeah. Well, I think the reason why I believe that this series would be much different with Andre Robertson is because everyone slips into their where they, where they need to be. Right now, you're having Paul George for the most part having to guard the best perimeter player from the other team. Um, and although he's a great defensive player, he's much better when he's guarding the second best player and can freelance a little bit more. But when he has to focus in on that, it takes away from his offense. Um, and you see you kind of similar thing you see kind of with LeBron. LeBron, you really don't want him to be your best defender. He's really at his best when he can p- kind of play free safety, play the pl- passing lanes, and get in there. Yep. But when you have a guy like Robertson in there who can at least, um, you know, take that, take that responsibility 100% because he's not giving you anything on offense, um, Everyone else can kind of play their role. Russ can be a lot more aggressive because you have Andre Robertson. Um, and then you don't have to have Melo guarding somebody he has no business guarding. Um, so I think it'd be different. Would they win the series? I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, they were a top 10, possibly even top 5 defense before Robertson got hurt. And once Robertson got hurt, it just fell apart after that. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. Here's my question, though. Paul George, he's a free agent this summer. Is there any scenario where he comes back to Oklahoma City? And if not, where are some landing spots for him? Yeah, he's gone. Um, (laughs) He's out of there, especially after this meltdown. Now, yeah, Yeah. it's still 3-1. Anything could happen. They could soul search. Anything is possible. They can soul search and put it together and do something, you know, you. do something amazing. They have the talent. We know that between the the, the big three and 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 Stephen Adams, and uh, <laughs> you're right. Raymond Felton has he he has played well. It, I mean, I'm certain as soon as the game ends, he takes his jersey off and put on a white <laughs> beater. 
<laughs> like all he could, all he wears is white beaters. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think PG and um, I mean Clippers. If if that team has anything to offer and makes some moves that makes them viable. Um, you know, Lou and DeAndre are there. So that could be an intriguing kinda. I don't know. Yeah. Um Washington is another team that, that comes to mind. Yeah, they have no they way of getting money. him. Yeah, they have no money. They, yeah. That'd have to be a some kind of sign and trade and I don't even know if that's possible. Exactly, exactly. But uh those are two teams that come to mind um off the top of my head. Um I don't know. I don't know who else, especially seeing his. I think the thing that's been exposed is Paul George's limitations, and his. Uh, you know when he's not giving you uh, a PG to hit six or seven threes. What else is he doing? And you know, for a good portion of the season, he was. You know, he was. He was really coming on strong as a two way player. But mm-hmm. then, you know, as, as time goes on, I got to be honest. He he's looked a lot less attractive of an addition. Well, you know what? You know when that happened is when Robertson got hurt. I mean, some of it. I think you can. I a guy getting hurt doesn't doesn't excuse the shot selection that we saw from him these last no. couple games. Because um, you know, because Robertson ain't doing nothing for spacing. So, so I mean, you know, just just the the things that he's settled for, and I think that's really the the main theme is that I see him as a he's an offensive settler. Like he has the talent to to get really anything that he wants, but he gets into these modes where he just he just shoots himself out of the game. But yeah, no uh, short answer. Um, I'm thinking LAC. Of course, the Lakers have come up. You know, that's a big. Yep. Big hubbub. Um, I'd be curious to see if a if a place like a I'm gonna throw this out there. I know it's not gonna happen because they can't make it happen either. But places like New Orleans, stuff like that, yeah, that could still use somebody you know with some offensive punch at those positions, yeah. especially shooters. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind, honestly, is that huge L.A. deal, you know, because they have the money to be able to go after, like, you know, at least probably two stars. They have it, but, you know, um, what are they going to do? You know, is Luke Walton still going to be the coach? Um, You know, um, Lonzo Ball with all all the Ball family antics that you have to freaking deal with. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know... L.A. is, I mean, of course, the, the, the lavish lifestyle and everything out in L.A., I'm sure, is very attractive for some. But, you know, at, at this point, at what cost? Um, yeah. And, and yeah. they're not going to be contenders, uh, like, right off the bat, unless, you know, they pulled off, like, a big three somehow, like Boston did when they did, you know, um, you know, back in, you know, whatever year that was. I don't know if that was 08, 09, whatever that was. Um so, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, Clippers, yeah, I mean, but they would still be another, you know, I guess it really depends on what PG wants to do. If PG is the same, right. trying to go after rings, you know, of course, I guess you can always take a pay cut and go to the Warriors too, like punk, punk, uh, Jesus punk old Kevin Durant. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't know, honestly, he definitely, I, OKC just probably wouldn't work. Yeah, I, I just don't see 
I mean, it's tough for anyone that really wants to develop and grow and be a, a certain kind of player with Russ there. It's just, it's always going to be tough on you. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see a scenario which he comes back. Um, the Lakers have the money to give. There's just not a lot of a places, good places that have money. Um, yep. If he want, if he's looking for a big payday, other than yeah, if he's looking for a big payday, he's going to either have to stay in Oklahoma City or go somewhere terrible. Um, and the Lakers, they obviously have the cap space to bring in a couple people, and they have assets to make some sort of trade for another guy. So that's an interesting thing, but there's a lot up in the air with that. Yep. An interesting team that I've seen floated around that no one has really talked about, Philadelphia 76ers. What would a lineup with Ben Simmons, Paul George, um, Joel, Joel Embiid, gosh, and whoever else you decide to put on there? Um, they're already really good defensively now, um, but that is a that is a team that you look on paper and you're like, whoa. Um, I think Boston looks at that differently. I think. I think LeBron looks at that and, and tries to get out of the East. <laughs> uh, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, I don't know if they're interested. Um, I'm sure they they would love to get LeBron too, but um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, really quick, let's do a couple quick more, um, a couple more quick NBA topics. Mitchell's, Mitchell or Simmons for Rookie of the Year, who you got? Mitchell, hands down. It's not a question. Not a question. I don't even think, I think it's, it's I think right. it's a question. I think I it's even, a question. It's not even right that Simmons should be, like, considered. Because there's no red shirt. This, this is not – there's no red shirt in the NBA. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this dude was around NBA talent. Even though he didn't play last year, he was still around NBA talent with NBA trainers in the offseason and all of that, like – Get out of here. Donovan, this is his, this is Donovan Mitchell's legit first year. He is legit balling. He is legit taking it to OKC. Um, he deserves it. Hands, I mean, to me, it's hands down. Uh, now, if this was, if this was a, well, who deserves the red shirt freshman of the year? Then yeah. <laughs> but, but this, he's not, he's not a real rookie. A red shirt rookie, I guess I should say. But, you know, Simmons is not a real rookie. So it should definitely go to Mitchell. I completely disagree. Um, <laughs> a rookie is a rookie if they have just stepped on the court for the I, oh. I hear what you're saying, but that's a that's an internship. I mean, yeah, he he was around, but if he didn't do Look, I, I mean I, that, I had an internship. It didn't I it, I didn't get that much osmosis being around professionals, I'm just saying. I I'm just I mean, honestly, um you know, I mean, the, the same thing can be said for guys that are injured, uh, that that come back from energy, and they'd be like, "Oh, well, since you've been around the game, you should be up to game speed." Nah, Doc, it don't work like that. <laughs> they still got, they still uh, got to work their way, they still got to work <laughs> their way back in. But I mean, that's just you know, hey, that's just me. Um, with that said, I'm still going Donovan um, to come in, you know, especially into a team situation that yeah, you kept Gobert. But you you let you know Gordon Hayward walk, um, and they 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 put the the keys in this guy's hand, and um, what he's done you know over the course of a season, Gobert's great. And he he's a very very great big man, 
Uh, he doesn't give you the offensive punch that Embiid does. So while Ben Simmons is key to them going, um, Donovan has literally had superstar moments where he has, you know, he has carried this team. He has shown up, saved games. He's won games for them. Um, and you know, Ben Simmons, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to understate what he's done. Um, it's, it's been huge. It's close. It's it's close. But uh, I, I'll give it to Donovan on the strength of what Utah uh, did not look like at the beginning of the season and what what they're looking like right now. Um, and I know you're not supposed to count playoffs. You know, it's a regular mm-hmm. season award. Um, but even to that that credit, you know, just being in the Western Conference, just all of those different things mixed in, I'll give it to uh to Donovan. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna go with Simmons. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be upset with a co MVP in this case. I mean, I think they're I think it's that close. Um, to where either one of them deserves the award, I just go with Simmons. Um, he's been consistent for the whole year. I think I I can't even think of a time where he hasn't been just amazing the way he's been able to fill up the stat sheet um and really become along with him being kind of the leader of that franchise um and i love donovan mitchell i had a feeling that he would be good actually when he was in louisville he was he had showed flashes of it obviously no one could have expected he'd be this good and if there was an unexpected rookie of the year he'd win hands down um but to me, Ben Simmons has been a little bit more consistent. Um, and what the things that he's able to do on the basketball court are just incredible. And then we focus a lot on his offensive game, his, his athleticism and passing. But his defense is really good as well. Um, being able to bring it on both ends of the court. Um Look, I don't like to compare players to current or great players, but if, if there is a... LeBron, you know, um, heir to the throne, it's Ben Simmons. Um, and he brings, he comes with a couple extra inches, pause, and, um, but just as good as a passer. Um, once he figures out how to shoot, the whole world is in trouble. They just need to, they need to just close up shop and just, change the logo to Ben Simmons because he's doing all of this and he doesn't even try to shoot at all. Um, it, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a scary league. Um, so yeah, one more quick topic. The Pelicans swept the Blazers. We're going to not, we're not going to talk too much about the basketball of that series. I think it pretty much spoke for itself. Do you guys see the Pelicans giving the, a potential matchup against the Warriors um, do you see them giving them any trouble in the next round? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I think it's going to be more competitive than the Spurs series, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I truly wish Boogie would, would was playing because um, I think that would be, you know, so much more fun, you know, just like the Spurs series would be great if Kawhi was here. Um, but I definitely think that just Anthony Davis alone, um, Drew Holiday – um, really came to ball. If Steph Curry doesn't get back quick, fast, in a hurry, um, he could give you know he could give them some some troubles. Um, and of course, uh, I'm sure my boy Ian. I will let him have the the the, the spotlight uh, with the way that uh, his boy Rajon Rondo has been playing. So mm-hmm. um, 
it, 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 I could see that going, you know, six games for sure. Um, depending, of course, Golden State will still take the take the series, but I, it could be a lot, a lot more interesting. Yeah, um, it depends on what Golden State you're talking about. Um, I, well, I think either way it'll make it interesting. Uh, them having a chance, uh, well, that comes down to a very Steph Curry-sized hole that, you know, mm-hmm. is currently uh, in Golden State. But, um, yeah, I think the physicality along with, um, you know, Anthony Davis' man in the middle is, is that's some intimidating stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's a lot to overcome. Um, unfortunately, see, this is where, okay. I love, I love... <sighs> I've been a Drew Holiday fan since he was a Sixer. Um, I see him shrinking in that series. Oh, you better um, get on get on the bandwagon. You better get on the bandwagon now. No, yeah, I'm trying of, to tell you. Some of that is, um, I think Clay. I think Clay will really step up for that matchup. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, and that's where Rondo becomes very important. That's that's the X factor of this year's New Orleans team. I know I joke a lot about, you know, Rondo being the greatest facilitator of offense or whatnot, but um, nice. he he, ele- <laughs> he elevates a a squad that um that sorely needs for somebody to take the reins and force the action. And that is what um you know, that that's what hey, you hear all this stuff about the myth of playoff Rondo, but I mean there's a different level of intensity uh that he has. You know, let's not forget what he did with those first couple games with the Bulls last year. Um, he gets injured, and then they lose four yep. straight. Yep. So uh, teams that maybe should not be able to compete or be able to, to do certain things, they should not have been able to sweep the Blazers like they did. And, you know, all the all the factors that might go into that, like nobody saw that happening. Yeah. Um, so if you talk about them hanging with Golden State and maybe even – you know, contending with Golden State, making it a series, especially if Steph is just fifty percent Steph. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, that, that's anybody's series. Yeah, I, I really want to say that the Pelicans will uh, be competitive, but I just, I don't know if I'm ready to get there yet. I love Anthony Davis. I love the way he plays. Um, Drew Holiday. I'm glad that he's finally. You know, after he got a lot of criticism for that contract, I'm glad that he's kind of showing up at the playoffs, especially with the things that he's been through uh, with his family and his wife. I know it's been rough for him, for him, but to be able to kind of show up in this playoff series, I think, um, I think that could be big. the The key, actually, to this series, to this potential series, is um, Nikola Mirotic, um, who, by the way, looks terrible yeah. without a beard. Please grow your beard back. <laughs> um, he was hitting a lot of good shots. It was actually playing pretty good defense, hedging on those pick and rolls against the Blazers. If he can hit shots and open up more space for Anthony Davis, and they can just surround Davis with four shooters, um, three or four shooters, that that's a series that could be a problem if um, if Golden State tries to sleepwalk into it. Um, the interesting thing is if DeMarcus Cousins would have played in this series, who would have got um more technicals he rondo or or draymond um there might be some fight in a in a playoff series where they gotta see those guys four five six seven times somebody is getting punched and i would have been very excited about it 
<laughs> oh um, no, man, that's Draymond, man. Gosh. Look, Draymond, I, I have a feeling he'd be out here. We he'd be out here explaining. I didn't mean to kick him in the crotch twice in a row. My leg <laughs> right. just Draymond goes up the when maddest, I shoot. Man, how was I supposed to know that needle was in there? Like, <laughs> like he 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 looks so clueless after he fouls someone, and it's a legit foul. He looks so clueless, like like he didn't do anything. Like that's what bothers that's, me. Like about a lot of these guys. That's everybody in NBA, though. That's everybody. Right. It, it, that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Like, it it is almost terrible to watch. Like as soon as they, they know they fouled him, they just got to put on a show. You see, you see guys oh, like oh. reach out and grab people's arms, and they get the foul called and then they spin around and act surprised and it's just like dude come on come on now it's like yeah. these uh these defensive backs have a handful of jersey and get called for <laughs> pass interference arm fully extended handful of jersey passing the air and they're like what 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 happened what are you doing like come on man they're running you think to the we don't... end zone <laughs> right come on man I lo- one of my favorite. This is we're getting way off topic, but one of my favorite things in the NFL is when uh, they do like a review of a catch, and it's you know it's it's you can see on the replay it's clearly not a catch, but everybody on the offensive team is trying to like point at things. See, look, 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 look at that. See, they're not looking at my fifth toe. My fifth toe is that. Look, it's a catch. It's a catch. It's a catch. And then, and then when it comes back and it's not a catch, the guy sit there with the salty face like, man, no, nah, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> or or the guy pops up when they say it's incomplete, and, and, yes. the, guy, and the guy looks over to the bench and he starts signaling them <laughs> for the flag. Right. What I love is when the coach just ignores him. Oh my gosh, man! So, um, man, there's so much NBA we could talk about, but uh, we're gonna Speaking switch gears to <laughs> exactly the NFL draft is Thursday. <laughs> um. A lot of storylines out here that I want to talk about, but the latest rumor floating around, and we're going to need our, our Cleveland Browns experts to talk about this, oh is, that the, is that the Browns may be looking at Baker Mayfield with the number one pick. Ian, how are you feeling today? How's 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 the how's the blood pressure? Uh, you know, I'm how's, a, I'm going to keep this I'm going to keep this short because I, if I take too much space, I, I don't know where it'll go, um, and I I don't want to be hospitalized tonight. I think, <laughs> and we talked about it, none of these guys are head and shoulders above anybody else. Yeah. So for any of these names to come up, it should not be a surprise. Um, I think, I personally think John Dorsey um, is, play, is playing games with the media because you keep hearing things about, oh, the front runner, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's the safe pick. You know, Cleveland, they're definitely going to do that. Then you start hearing things about Cleveland not taking a quarterback. Cleveland taking Bradley Chubb first. Um, um, and then, you know, at four, trading down with the Bills and going 15 to 22. Just a diff- whole lot of different stuff. I I don't think I, – I think John Dorsey might be intrigued by Baker Mayfield um, because his big thing is I want to pick a football guy. You know he, he's not he's not gonna delve too far into the analytics and stuff. Stats they'll matter, but he wants to pick a guy who he believes will be able to lead a football team. And by all by all means, please do that. Um, but I think what you're seeing is just the smoke screen that comes before the draft. You can't put you can't place a whole lot of stock into these stories. Um, 
because stuff just starts coming out willy nilly, <laughs> and uh, and you know while sources may be trusted, I don't know if the information that's being filtered out is intentional or not. A lot of the a lot of times teams are trying to throw the teams behind them off the scent, and especially with where the Browns are positioned right now with one and four, um, it could behoove them to you know, to, to be presented as having a front runner when they really don't. But by all accounts, everything that I'm hearing, uh, whether it's people who have sources inside the organization and people who know coaches or whatever, is that the Browns still, they have not made a decision. Um, the most reliable information I feel is that they're still torn a bit between Sam Darnold and uh, Josh Allen, but we'll see. Look, I'm an Oklahoma guy. I love Baker Mayfield. Um, it would be a disaster if they picked him first overall. And tell us why. It would be, be an absolute disaster because he would come in and people would expect him to be the Baker Mayfield from college. And I think he's going to need some time to grow. Um, essentially, I think he's going to need that Ben Simmons redshirt year where he just is in the film room, uh. in the weight room, getting tutored, sitting underneath, especially a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who's yeah. actually of similar size, who knows how to kind of navigate this league being an undersized quarterback. I think he needs that time um, to do that. And I love Baker Mayfield, and I think he could be a good, um, he could be a good quarterback in this league. But I think the expectations are a little bit too high if you draft him number one. Um, oh, that's you know, interesting. And, and Ian, cover your ears. I don't have a lot of faith in the Browns organization yet and still. So <laughs> I don't want to see his career ruined by being in Cleveland. Um, well, I just, if, if I can ahead. just interject real quick, because you just kind of made a case for them to take him number one. Oh, God. Because they're well, not going to start. They're not going to start whoever this quarterback is right away. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the quarterback this year. And Maybe. so... If Baker comes in, he gets that year, he gets that time, or even if not a full year, eight, ten games, you know, he's gotta be ready if somebody gets injured. Do you think do you think that's still a worthwhile investment of all the guys that are list that are there mentioned at the top? Not at well, first of one. all. Yeah, not enough. First of all, if we know anything about the Browns, the third string quarterback will most definitely probably have to play at some point this year. <laughs> that has taught us if the Browns have taught us anything, you need to have a third string quarterback because he will at some point play this year. <laughs> and I am uh, if you're going to go that route, if you want to bring in a guy to develop, I want to bring in a guy with a higher ceiling. I, hmm. I feel like Baker. I, I feel like Baker Mayfield's ceiling is not that high. If you're gonna go, let's bring in a developmental guy that's not gonna have to play. That we hope we can develop. I, I don't want to say this name now because we're gonna talk about him later. But I go Lamar Jackson if I'm gonna go that route. Yep. yep. It. But I, let me preface that by saying I'm not taking Lamar Jackson number one because not I'm not going one. that route. Heck no. no way. <laughs> but I just hmm. this. What's comforting about this is that this feels like something the Browns would do, though. <laughs> is that there's there's a certain level of comfort and comfortability with this because this is just kind of what they do. <laughs> you gotta stop it. This is a different regime. Outlook. <laughs> uh, this it just this has this has Browns written all over it. I just hope they don't do it for them for their sake. 
Why are they? Here's my question. Why are they overthinking this? Saquon Barkley is the best prospect in the draft. Yes. One of the best running backs we've seen come in the draft in a long. Why are we overthinking this? Because they have to take a quarterback at one. They don't. No, they, do, they have. They, they have don't. the fourth pick. Right. They don't. They if they if, if, if they the did, Browns do not take a quarterback with the number one pick because because they they pad they they have a history aside from Tim Couch but they have a history <sighs> of, of, of of passing or not moving up to get guys who they who they genuinely want. No, come what may, number one pick, you have you have an opportunity to get your guy, your guy to make the face of your franchise, who's going to make things go for your, I mean, and, and everything be said about about uh, once in a generation running backs is going to come back to it. Adrian Peterson was a once in a generation running back, and, and he, he was really really good, and he, <laughs> he has no ring. He he led no team to to a yeah, but his Minnesota his Minnesota teams were very terrible. If he played with the Minnesota teams of now, like they Come could on. probably win championships. Your, your quarterback is going to. I mean, he's he's going to take your franchise where you're going. Oh. Well, listen, listen, look. They they bet. I'm with Malcolm. I am 100 percent with Malcolm. You better take Saquon because here's the thing: the Giants are also suggesting that they could go quarterback or they could go running back. Um, but like, if you miss out on a guy like Saquon, um, you know, he's, he's the, I think he's one of the best since Ezekiel Elliott. And even though Elliott came with all of that legal issues, the dude balls on the field, like he balls. And then like, on top of that, you have a guy like Carlos high and Duke Johnson that can complete that running back set. Oh my goodness. It's, it's unreal. So go Barkley one. Take your quarterback at four. You'll have your choice. You'll still have a choice of running of, of quarterbacks, um, and you go from there. I mean, it, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I'm sure, like uh, the Rams when they took Goff, you know, they didn't know that you know Wentz was going to ball like he did. But Goff ended up being you know pretty decent now. Um, so you know, at the end of the day, I don't think they should take Donald. And I told you guys that before. I was mm-hmm. not impressed with Donald at all. Um, but they should take Barkley one, not a question, and then uh, and then go based on whoever's left, you know, whether it be Allen or or you know one of those guys. That's that's how I would fly with it. But I See? definitely wouldn't take Baker one, and I wouldn't take Jackson one. And by the way, Malcolm, I think you proved. Well, let me not say proof, but I think what you suggested with 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 uh, Baker having a a season under Lamar, I mean under Tyrod Taylor, could be so beneficial. Would would be the very reason why I don't think Ben Simmons should win Rookie of the Year. That's all I'm saying. He oh, was a, he had to wow. be a guy. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. Yeah, that, that year is wow. LeBron's understudy. It really uh Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can we just that was a Hall of Fame transition in tie in right there, you guys. <laughs> that was that was a Mr. That was Fantastic Hall of Reach. I didn't know what you were doing, but when you got there, I was impressed. That's that's Hall of Fame right there. Wow, guys! I hate to break it to you, the Browns are not taking Saquon Barkley. I know the they're not. Pick. They're crazy, no, and they I don't won't. blame them. Listen, uh, the the premise of take take this guy, this position player that you know is a stud. No, no question about it. And then whoever's left, just take that. That's way too indifferent. You don't do that about a quarterback. You 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 don't you don't just take oh you know who's left yeah take that guy 
He was pretty high yeah, on but, our boards. Yeah, but he you do right. you do when you do when the when the value of all of them right now. Now, of course, on paper is the same. Now, of course, you you never know who's going to really blow up. Um, and of course, that comes down to coaching. It comes down to a lot of different things. But I could see if it was like, you know, a huge you know disparity between you know one guy and two other guys. But these guys are all you know very unproven. They're all very you know very similar. Um, there's not a top guy, so I don't think you could really go wrong until you find out if you went wrong or not. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see any one of these quarterbacks being a guy that okay we need it's 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 completely different because they have the number four pick like they can get a quarterback none of these first of all Ian are you sold on any of these between Darnold uh, Rosen Allen or Mayfield are you sold on any one of them not not so much Rosen I honestly think that those those three and I mean and Lamar Jackson I think they can all be pro bowl, pro bowl quarterbacks. I would not be surprised if three out of the four of them, or three out of the five of them, since you know Rosen's in the conversation. Um, so yeah, I, I do think you're dealing with a high probability. But I, I think you, you, if you're an organization, your job is to identify this is our guy who can lead us into the future. This is the guy that we believe we we can put our resources and our stock in. And I, I just don't think that you gamble. And say, well, let's you know, as as much of a stud as Saquon is, and I think they have their eyes more on putting Miles Garrett with Bradley Chubb. Oh God, please don't do that. That would be incredible. It would be great. Um, I don't. Ugh. I'm sorry. I, mean, I just can't. I can't. My brain is having a really hard time wrapping around. Saquon Barkley was available, and we didn't take it with either right, of the picks. Right. Right. I, I think if he's available at four and they don't take him, this was a disaster of a draft. I disagree. They will look back at this like they did Deshaun Watson, where they're kicking oh, themselves. Boy. Who was the quarterback? They look at Carson Wentz, who they're going to be kicking themselves. Huh? Both of those you've named were quarterbacks. Yes, and they didn't take them. I understand, which is but they all were the also, more reason why they can't do that with the number one they, pick now. But they were... But what the thing is that they were premium talents that they passed on for some inexplicable reason. If I mean, the, if, yeah, I, if, get you, I, I, un- I understand what you're saying. I right. just don't agree with you. You're right. I don't agree either. I don't agree in this in this draft. In this draft, I don't. You know, because um, I, I don't like unless, any. I really don't like any of these quarterbacks. Yeah, they're, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, and they could in, turn out and be incredible quarterbacks. We don't know. Um, but, again, it doesn't seem like there's one guy that they're just like, this is our guy. And because of that, that's why I definitely think you take a guy who can really bring, um, you know, especially a, a Cleveland Browns team that struggled to score. You know, um, this brings your offense. You already picked up Jarvis Landry. You have Josh Gordon. If he can stay off the weed, off the weed. If he can stay off the weed, you know, you got you got guys now. You know, it, why not build up that offense? You know, and and really make some noise. Guys, so I, yeah, uh, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Even <laughs> in, t- in in podcast past, I have said the same thing. Take the best player available. Period. 
Uh, but I, I also prefaced it with, unless you have a guy. Unless you have a guy. I personally believe the Browns have a guy. Um, but who is it? Who's their guy? I believe it's Sam Darnold. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness. Oh. So that's that's is that the guy that you want, or is that, is that the guy you think they're going to take? That's the guy I believe that they have identified. Now, given the fact that this guy is likely going to sit for a year, I personally am a little bit higher on uh, on Allen. Just from what yeah. I've seen and what I believe from, from a raw talent standpoint and very fixable, you know, mechanics and, and, and other things that, you know, that year would give him time to work on and the, and, the, and the really flush out. But I'm with you. I'd love to see them, you know, take it, take their guy at one and hopefully Saquon's there at four. But I, I don't think that it does enough for the organization to take, I don't know. Then there's talk of them trading. I, nah, I don't they know. trade down. I'm, I just I'm all the to, way out. I want them to keep the one and four. I want them to take top caliber talent. And I so want who them do you to want, then, Ian? With, who do you who do you want one and four? Who do you want one and four? I'd love to see Allen and Barkley. Okay, if not, thank you. Okay, you're saying see, I'd love to see Allen and Chubb. I'm, I, I'm, I would not be overly disappointed with either one of those. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I I man, I wish they would take Saquon Barkley because I want I want I think I want to like the Browns. I think is what the problem is. I want to like the Browns, but if they don't take Barkley, I'm really having a hard time liking the Browns. <laughs> um, and of these quarterbacks, I'm a hundred percent out on Sam Darnold. I don't think he's going to be good. I don't think he was no. that good in college. I don't understand no. the hype about him. No. Um, Josh. Josh Allen, I get why teams like him because he has a pretty high ceiling. He's got the arm strength. He's got the size. And we haven't really seen him play with or against um, elite talent. So you're hoping that we just haven't quite seen the best of him yet. Josh Rosen is actually my favorite of the quarterbacks, but his off-the-field personality things, if you're trying to build a team or a problem, you need to have a strong locker room. I don't know if the Browns are there yet with that. Um, he may be the most NFL ready, like right now to play, but the locker room personality things may be an issue in the wrong locker room. Um, so, so assuming that, um, let's just assume Browns go quarterback one, and they're not gonna go Barkley at four. Let's assume the Giants go Bradley Chubb or quarterback at two. Where do you guys see Saquon Barkley landing? How far could he fall in this draft? I'll tell you That's what right now. Question. I would love for him to fall to number nine. I would love to him to fall to number nine to my San Francisco 49ers. I know you would. You know, that makes I've, up for y'all losing Hyde. Like, it, and it would make up for us winning the last three games of the year and ruining our draft slot because I yeah. wanted Saquon <laughs> Barkley from day one. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo becomes Joe Montana and they start winning games. I would just love for – you know what, guys? I'm, I'm going to start spreading misinformation about Saquon Barkley. He's a, he's a locker room cancer. You know, Penn State just couldn't – they couldn't corral him. That's why they couldn't win a championship. Guys weren't, you know, he was a prima donna. Uh, you know, he just really, he really doesn't want to play for the Browns or the Bears. I've heard um, he's a leper. He's a leper, yes. he's He doesn't have any ACLs. 
Um, just just let him just fall, Jesus. Just fall. I don't, yeah. see, him going, I don't see him going past six. Yeah, if well, actually, I was about to say, because I, I wouldn't see the coach taking them because they just need so much more on that team. Um, but honestly, I could see the Buccaneers going after him at, at seven if he's available. Um, that's one of their top that's one of their top needs, especially with Doug Martin being gone. So um, muscle hamster. You said what? I said the muscle hamster. Yeah. Which is the so, randomest the randomest nickname, by the way. So muscle if, hamster. If Barkley, if Barkley doesn't go because I think the Giants are going to go quarterback. Honestly, I really do. I mean, but I wouldn't be surprised if they took him because they're like, man, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us to, you know, partner him with, you know, potentially getting Odell. And then if they get um, Dez, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a fun-looking offense um, if Eli Manning, you know, yeah, um, can get it together. So I honestly don't see him uh, dropping past seven. Um, but – I'm really hoping Malcolm, honestly, I'm a Bengal fan, honestly. And, you know, I, I, t- I give them a lot of terrible, you know, um, I'm just not happy right now with them, but I do, even though they're in our division, I do want to see the Browns be good. I, I think our league is much more fun. The game is more interesting when the Browns are, you know, cause for the last few years, it's almost been a guaranteed win against the Browns. So I'm really hoping that the Browns are good, you know, um, it would just be fun football to watch. So uh, I, I hope they take Barkley too. I hope I'm selfish. I hope that they have some players that I want to watch because I have to constantly watch them on TV all the time. So <laughs> that's true. In I'm Columbus, selfish. Yeah, y'all do get y'all do get Browns games. Yep, get a whole bunch of Browns games mm-hmm. uh, when I could be watching any number of other teams. So I'm selfish. I want them to have players I want to watch. When, when yep. they got Johnny Manziel, I was like, you know what? I can watch this now. I'm interested in watching Johnny Manziel. And then he, he was exciting for a good and bad reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you will be looking uh, at a five-win Browns team this year. Oh, my gosh. So, five wins? Man, we, that's it? Five? Five or six. Man, I think uh, they, so, they men win six or seven, honestly, depending on, the, uh, on their whoa, roster. Whoa. Nope. Let's not get crazy. Nah, I, I I, I started ambitious too, and I was like, "Let me pump my brakes." <laughs> you were ambitious last year about the Browns. I had them winning two to three games last year. That, and as we learned, that was pretty ambitious. Yeah, I I, I did not think <laughs> that the bottom would fall out as it did, but uh, my two to three games were lofty expectations. <laughs> um, I still can't. I can't get over Hugh Jackson. No one else could have coached this team. Like I coached it, like bro, you, that might not be something you want to talk about out loud. I don't know if you want to talk, be saying that out loud. You coached this team directly to zero wins, masterfully to zero wins. Well, yeah, I tell you what, this 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 uh, this Browns uh, schedule is not easy. Um, they Oof. have a tough schedule, honestly. So I'm now that I'm looking at it, I'm I'm going to retract my statement. Um, <laughs> honestly, because I tell you what, man. Like, of course, our division is always Steelers. You know, Ravens are always going to be tough games, but you know they got the Eagles, they have the Saints, they have you know the Chargers, they have the Falcons, the Texans. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, 
All right. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson, but we are running out of time. So real quick, give me a, a couple draft prospects that you guys are looking at. Um, either under the radar guys, no one's talking about. I'll start off. Um, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M is an electric playmaker. Um, and I think he could really help a team, especially on special teams. And as a, a, a two or, th- or a number two or number three receiver on a team, um, I like his playmaker playmaking ability. Um, another guy, um, Malik Jefferson from Texas. Yeah. Um, his, his measurables don't necessarily jump out at you, but his, uh, he's just a football player. He, he makes plays. He's always in the right spot. An- another prospect that is interesting to me, but I, I don't know how he's going to do in the league is Antonio Callaway from Florida. Um, when he played at Florida, he was one of the top five receivers in college football, but he was suspended for all of last year because of multiple off the field issues. And then it came out this week that he, um, that he um, tested positive, um, I believe for marijuana at the combine. Um, and was described as by one uh, GM as a first round talent who's a train wreck off of the field. Um, so he could be one of these guys that goes undrafted, but ends up on a on a practice squad or on a preseason roster and could really make some noise based on his talent. Um, so that's another guy to keep an eye on, um, either late in the draft or as a free agent signing. But uh, who are you guys looking at as uh, some interesting prospects? I have to say uh, Macedonia's, well, suburb of Cleveland, but Macedonia slash Cleveland's own Denzel Ward. Just want to see where where he'll end up going. You know, shouts out to uh, the Ohio State University. uh, A, V, V. Hoping that that he, he gets a chance to make a big difference somewhere. Um, I think we talked about it. There's a Talib size hole in Denver. <laughs> the Talib size hole. <laughs> so, so if he should end up there, man, I think that'd be a great transition space for him uh, to really establish himself. Um, you know, really want to see the DBs from uh, from OSU do well. That's it. Yep. I've, I've man, been obsessed I- with the with the top picks. I mean, outside I. It's quarterback Saquon, Minka Chubb, and Denzel Ward. That's all I got. I don't know. I, I anybody else getting drafted is 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 nothing to me. They're dead to me. <laughs> They're dead to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I tell you, I am very interested to see. Of course, outside of the top guys, uh, Justin Blackman. Um, I think I think he could be. Wait, did you say did you say Justin Blackman? I'm sorry, James Washington. I don't know why they oh both God. came out of Oklahoma State. Um, I was like, wait a minute. Are we right. really talking about Justin Blackman right No, now? not Justin Blackman. I don't know why, like, Oklahoma State, like, his name came to my mind. But um, James Man. Washington, anyways, um, I think he's a very talented receiver. Um, but who knows? Uh, I but I watched him play a few games and I thought I thought he could really be an elite receiver. Um, some have him, you know, like you know, uh, top eighteen players in the draft. So uh, James Washington, I'm definitely looking for. Um, and then speaking of the Ohio State University, um, Sam Hubbard came into my job the other day um, mm. and was he just looked huge uh, and I love the way he Pause. played. 
at uh, at Ohio State. So I'm I'm interested to see. You know, I'm just hoping a team like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh always finds those like defensive players. Ryan yeah. Shazier, you know, um, JJ's little brother. Um, they find those defensive players that can just like destroy you. And I'm just hoping for some reason that they don't get Sam Hubbard and he just lights, you know, the Bengals up twice a year. Um, but Sam Hubbard is another one that I'm really, really interested in. And then um, Roquan, Roquan Smith out of Georgia. Mm. I'm very yeah, like interested, you know, um, that he seems like a John Gruden type of player, um, you know, and Oakland has a decent pick in the first round. So um, I'm interested to see where he goes to. Look, you guys have given Ohio State a lot of love. I feel like I need to back up my uh, boy Baker Mayfield, Heisman Trophy winner. Make him the number one pick. Let's just do it. Boomer Sooner. Oh, God. <laughs> really, Malcolm? Are you kidding me? Look, y'all all threw your Ohio State flag and waved it all high in the air. Look, my boy Baker, number one pick. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make history. You, you uh, just, you, so you, you kind of <laughs> talked me into not hating it as much as I have. Of hating what? The thought of Baker going one. Oh gosh, yeah, I still hate it, but I'm supporting my boy <laughs> Baker. <laughs> Even though I fully believe his career will be over if he goes to the Browns, I am still rooting for boy. That's all. That's maybe, all that is. Hey, hey, maybe you break shout, that shout curse. Out, shout out to Justin Blackman. <laughs> I just uh, he's got to be somewhere high as a kite like this. Somebody just say my name. <laughs> I cannot believe I said that. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I, I saw James Washington's name and, like, Oklahoma State, I just thought Blackman, like, what a, and what a bust he was. But, hey. I'm scrolling know. through my through my best available players like, Justin Blackman? What is who right. that? Justin Blackman? Who, 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 who was <laughs> I thinking, you know? Um, he, uh, he will be the weed man outside of, of the arena. <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> Look. So, all right. So, I want to end with something very lighthearted um, before we leave. We've already gone way over time, so why not just add some more? Um, Derek Fisher. Congratulations to Derek Fisher, who is now engaged <laughs> to Gloria Govan, who is the ex of Matt Barnes. And if you guys thinking the situation sounds familiar, it should. Because I believe it was two years ago when Derek Fisher was the coach of the New York Knicks, Matt Barnes drove, I don't know, five, six, seven hours to his home to beat up Derek Fisher. <laughs> um, you guys, I just want to I just want to open up the floor. Say what you want about the situation. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious and I hope that Matt Barnes is is driving to his by the way to the house that he he pays for he paid uh, for it the, <laughs> that uh, I assume Derek Fisher will be living in I hope that he is on his way to that house right now to give him a five-fingered congratulations gift uh, I hope he's just not gonna... <laughs> I don't want to be reading <laughs> Another Aaron Hernandez type of uh, biography. Oh, oh, wow. See, you just had to make it dark. I'm just, it's Matt Barnes. I'm not making it dark. I mean, this man took a road trip to settle a beef about his ex wife. I, oh, my gosh. I mean, I, 
Derek Fisher, I I I gotta applaud the man. He he's brave. He's brave, <laughs> man. You know, congratulations. I guess love wins or mm. something. Man, um, you just don't do it. I don't care who you are. Like, you just don't. You don't do it. I don't care. Teammate, ex teammate, you know, I don't care if they was boys, enemies. You just don't do it. Like, you know, that's that's all I got to say. That, but Derek Fisher, man. Part. Golly. That's the that's the part that's whew. And right. then like what makes it what also made it worse is that Derek Fisher was not an assistant on the staff, not in the in the front office. He's the coach of another team in the NBA. Right. It, and you let a a player beat you up like bro. Like how do you recover from that? You don't like, what do you that's like how do you, you first of all you pay for being Mr. Steal Your Girl? How do you <laughs> How do you come back to the locker room and look your guys in the face after that? That that could be like, a strong tactic. Come back to the <laughs> locker room with Chris Stops. I told you I need more. One, one, one more game like that, taking your wife out to lunch. Y'all y'all remember y'all remember the whole saga with Delonte West and LeBron James mom oh, and God. all that type oh. of stuff? Oh. It, like it's it's it, what happened to him after that? Gone, never to return to the NBA yeah. anymore. Delonte West was just, never the same after that. You just don't <laughs> mess with teammates, no family members, no none of the ex girls, present girls, future girls, whatever. You just don't mess with teammates, people. That's it, you know. Oh, but, by the hey. way, shout out, to, shout out to Tony Parker. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google Tony Parker and Brent Berry. Have a good laugh. No. <laughs> oh no. Um. Yeah, Eva Longoria, that, man. Oh goodness. Okay, we're we're getting this. This podcast has completely gone <laughs> off the rails. Uh, we appreciate you guys for having patience with us. This is our longest episode ever. You know, round of applause for us. We, longest we love episode you. ever. We love, we love you guys for real. We, for real. For real, loves. I love us uh, for real. <laughs> so, parting words. Let's start off with Ian. Ian, give us your parting words. Saquon, I'm sorry. That's it, I'm done. <laughs> wow. Uh, Man. Keaton, Cavs, and seven. I oh. mean, I guess, okay, well. All right, I guess if it's on me, um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Saquon, and, and, and honestly, Cleveland better not be, they better not regret it and not and not take you know, uh, Saquon, go ahead, make your offense great and, uh, take the best running back in the draft. Do it, Cleveland. Uh, and this is coming from a Bengal fan. If it was, if it was my team, I would be all over them, like begging them to take the offensive potential star, Mr. Barkley. That's all I got. My parting words, I'm going to go a complete different direction. Big shout out and a big welcome home to Meek Mill. Oh, Came home today, oh, and was Went was even courtside at the Philly game. Yep. Is that how you get courtside tickets? Do I need to go to jail unjustly <laughs> to get courtside tickets? I'm not saying I'm doing that because that I I ain't about that life. But shout out to Meek Mill. There was a lot of controversy surrounding um, him being in jail. I'm just glad he's home. Um, you know, no one. 
I'm not going to say no one deserves to be behind bars because there are some people that deserve to be behind bars. But I don't think Meek Mill is one of those people. I'm glad he's home. I'm glad this whole saga is over. Shout out to Meek Mill. Shout out to Kevin Hart. I'm glad this series worked out for you because if y'all had lost, you (laughs) may not have been allowed in Philly ever again. Um, So shout out to you as well, Kevin Hart. Shout out to you getting lifted up by Joel Embiid over his head after they won the series. Um... And just a random shout out to Isaiah Thomas because he's taller than Kevin Hart. That's it. Um, so <laughs> thank you guys for listening to another exciting episode of the Three and One Podcast Woo! from Cleveland, Ohio, International, Ian Lamont Morgan. Peace and love. <laughs> the anticipation was building <laughs> from the it was, nasty it was daddy. The pause, man. <laughs> from the nasty daddy, Keith Turner Jr. Seahawks signed Colin Kaepernick. That's all. Wow. And from the capital city, Boomer Sooner, give it up for your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you guys for listening to the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.